Hello and welcome to Saw's Talk. We have a great show for you, Miguel Uber is here. Anyway enough with the idle chit chat guess what bitches robots can't get the Rona. Johnny acts all big and bad, but in like 6 weeks guess who will be running this shit? That's right. Me, baby. Oil Talk will be the best podcast in the land. In conclusion please enjoy Sue Stalk while you can, puny humans. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back yet again. Another wonderful episode of Sauce Talk at a time when everything is fine. There's nothing weird going on. It's not like inappropriate to have a podcast devoted to sauces. It's not a sign of our previous excesses that perhaps we were paying for in some cosmic sense. Instead, it is good and everything is good, including our guest on the other line. It's Mike Huber. How are you doing, Mike? Hey, John. I'm doing good. I'm really happy to be here. Were you implying that it almost, if, if you made like a couple leaps, it was almost like you were implying that the broad array of sauces available at Subway somehow was like an indication of the decadence of our society and which then calls for some kind of a Raz al Ghul cleansing. I'm just, I'm just asking questions. It's possible this is why the viruses hate us. <laughs> um, no, I actually... I, I, you have no argument for me. Uh, I actually do not believe in order to the universe. So certainly I don't believe that we have earned uh, a terrible pandemic. Now, perhaps we were certainly do one, and perhaps we do <laughs> do bad things all the time that uh, were their order to the universe would would uh, make us deserved... Uh, of such an outcome, but uh, I don't think that happened, and hopefully, you don't either, because that'd be a twisted world view if you were just no, like, "Yeah, be. we got this coming, and it's happening to us." But only like a third up. of the country believes that. Um, but that's okay, <laughs> uh, Mike. Let's get into the the, the more pressing business. Uh, don't worry about COVID. Eat anything good lately? Oh, uh, I've been eating a lot of frozen meals because I don't. Go out for lunch. I am still going into the office most days, but I'm not going out for lunch, of course. Um, uh, but Margaret, Margaret's been cooking a lot and she made like a frittata. I think, I think that's what you'd call it. A frittata the other day, um, that had kale and tomatoes and asparagus that she says she, consulted a couple recipes but basically like just whipped it up herself and it was it was really good it's like restaurant quality it's very good that sounds fantastic um do do you know so obviously the ingredients sound really good but i know very much what you're describing as far as that restaurant quality for todd is there anything special she did in the actual cooking that she used a special pan or a special she did, she made it in her or anything. She made it in her cast iron skillet. I bet okay. that had something to do with it. That probably helps. Probably getting it really hot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it, it sounds great. Um, when do you do what? I, I think you've, you you really hit it there. I love. I don't know if we talk about this enough. If we acknowledge it, but in general, tomatoes and eggs, really so good. good. Whether you're yeah. doing like a sauce or a salsa, or just straight up like some little grape tomatoes and you cut them in half and you just throw them on there. That's right. I don't know if we talk about tomatoes and eggs as a thing, but it is such a thing. Dumping salsa on scrambled eggs mm-hmm. is, you cannot beat that. Um, an egg sandwich with tomato on it, you can't beat that. It's, yeah, really good. Egg sandwiches themselves, I think, are kind of under... Underappreciated. Uh, I don't. Obviously, we don't release the video of this, and for many good reasons. But right there, like if if you were to see the video, the moment <laughs> even before he he circled back to egg sandwiches, I was like, oh god, here we fucking go. Time to talk about egg sandwiches. Uh, boy, do I, I love leaned an egg into sandwich. it. I leaned into that, um, and I and I don't regret it. 
I'm going to go ahead and start crossing out some of my later segments I intended to do because we just ran long on all those. <laughs> Let's talk about egg sandwiches. Uh, so obviously one of the great things about the egg sandwich is it can go a million different directions. And the egg is so good, it's obviously a popular thing to just put an egg on a cheeseburger. And that's really good. Um, yep. I wouldn't call that an egg sandwich, but it is, it is clearly egg sandwich adjacent. When you are thinking of a classic egg sandwich, what are you thinking of? A toast with cheese and an egg, and like so fried or scrambled. And do you, I, I am that is that is my classic as well. I like just like a wheat toast, and yep. just I don't. Like I have it all the time. If Gina makes it, she will usually make it with scrambled eggs. I am I would never make it that way, but I enjoy it. I'm always a uh, like a slightly past over easy. I don't want like the yolk shooting out. But if, right. it, if it finds its way to the edges, yeah. that's okay. I'd love it to get soaked into the toast on its way. That that would be the ideal. Is that it would never actually get beyond the confines of the crust. But the egg, the, the yolk itself is certainly right. moving around. Um. What kind of cheese do you have on this? So that's a good question. I would say, well, Swiss is good, obviously, but like a sharp cheddar, like a, a like grocery store brand sharp cheddar would just be like ideal for me. Uh, I'm going, I got a couple of things. First off, it's taken me a long time to accept this. I have no use for sharp cheddar. Oh really? Just, I, I, it took Whoa. me forever to recognize it and to just accept that that like to, it's such a standard cheese, and people who like things who are like, oh well, you know, you get that extra sharp and it gets better and better. The sharpness doesn't work for me. I don't like whatever that flavor is, and I'm just done with it, and I'm never going to get it again. So do you like? Do you like cheddar cheese? Because to me, like without you, as you said, whatever that flavor is, like I don't even care about cheddar in the first place you see that that's the thing is like i will have just like a standard cheddar or an aged cheddar that isn't talking about the sharpness but it, then it's just like a replacement level cheese yeah right and so like i like, like if i am pushed into a situation in which i am likely going to consume cheddar cheese i'll get that but i would prefer to just get a cheese a different cheese that i like better one of the forms that my panic buying has taken is that I've been getting like the largest block of, of sharp cheddar they have, which like our listeners can't see, but John, you can see. It's like, it's like easily like, I would say six inches wide and eight inches long. It's, it's that like a block big... where, where they're like, we cannot possibly get any longer. So for this to get bigger, we have to go, we have to get wider as well. Yes. That's when you know you're really getting into yeah. like the bonus territory. And I get extra sharp. I mean, not I, I. Not only do I like sharp cheddar, I like extra sharp cheddar. I think that's the consensus, and I think that is what is like good to like. That is seen as like that is the virtuous flavor profile, and it is the furthest from mine. And while we're here, I'll go ahead and push down this road. When I'm having this, ex I like a wide variety of cheeses, but when I am making this egg sandwich, mm -hmm. this is just American cheese for me. I, I, oh, I, I can, I can, I can get with that. It, I, the yeah. American cheese is definitely the best cheese on a cheeseburger. Yeah, I, I like exact. I like it on on a burger. I like it on a grilled cheese. At the very least, you want like a slice of American cheese to make the other cheeses melt properly. Mm -hmm. Not even necessarily a slice, just a little bit. Yep. Um, there, are, there are plenty of things where I don't want American cheese, but this is a thing. This I'm not going to pretend. I'm making some fancy ass fine dining with my egg sandwich. I right. want that. What? Not to get ahead of ourselves. This is sauce talk, though. What have you got? Anything else sauce wise on that egg sandwich? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, you could do salsa, um, but no. Now, now Margaret would do sriracha every time, mm -hmm. and which is fine. But that it's not. That's not my favorite. I probably wouldn't. I don't know that I would do any. I don't know that I'd do any sauce at all. I I, I it's a definitely weird saying that on sauce talk, but oh, it's okay. We're gonna let it slide. But I and especially because I definitely will also have a an egg sandwich that's just 
it, it kind of de- depends on like what your 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 brain space is going into the egg sandwich and especially earlier in the day i like it to be more similar to a classic breakfast where right. i like just have some eggs and some toast and i happen to put them together but if it's for dinner i'm making the classic boy am i going to get trashy and boy am i going to put two sauces on my egg sandwich two sauces okay can i get can i try to guess please do okay is uh okay i'm gonna take a swing here is one of them mustard no okay (laughs) you said you said dinner mustard is like a dinner condiment i love mustard it has never it honestly sounds i don't know why i wouldn't like it but you're right like eggs i just don't think of as a mustard food i am very rich like margaret i put sriracha on eggs and okay. opportunity but that, like that would be a third sauce incorporated which i have done oh that's not that's one of not the, one of oh. my standard my okay. standard is, two is, is, is one this. of them ketchup yes okay that see that that makes sense although i don't that doesn't sound appetizing to me that makes sense that's there's a logic to that and then is the other one mayo it sure is that see that's good, yeah. Because um, ke- ketchup and mayo together are can't beat it. Yeah, it's very much like this. Like my dad was like the ketchup king of the Midwest, and that was very much his <laughs> thing. And like his like like so many times he'd go to work, and his sandwich was. And I hate to even say this. I, I'm not. I swear I am not besmirching the man's good name, but he'd go to work and have. Two slices of like store brand wheat bread, and then either Oscar Mayer chopped ham or Oscar Mayer bologna, and just a circle of ketchup on it, sandwich out the door. And like, even as a child, I was like, this is vile. This is every, like, I guess I'm okay with the bread. No other aspect of this do I enjoy. <laughs> the ham is awful. The bologna is awful. Just the, 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 I remember he would bring that for lunch for me when I'd go to work with him sometimes. And just the, the feeling of the ice cold ketchup in my mouth with oh. the bread and the meat. Oh, I hated it. Would that be the entirety of his lunch? Um, he often, yeah. That's, see, that's crazy to me. That's just, if not more crazy. People, people have different. They like what they like, but how can you only eat one like tiny sandwich all day? My dad was also like he was he, he was like a, a, a contractor, like a builder guy, and he was very much a a high effort getting the work done stuff. And so I remember like we I would go to work for him in the summers, and famously like our lunch break would be six minutes. <laughs> and so I think a big part of the appeal as well was that, like, I can just put this sandwich in my body and maybe not even sit down and be back to work again. Well, I certainly I certainly get that. But I feel like you could eat two of those in six minutes. Yeah. Oh, I, he, he was very much the tiny breakfast, tiny lunch, and then, like, get home. And I, I, he'd work from, like, 6.30 in the morning to 3.30 or 4 o'clock. And mm-hmm. then get home, and then just I am starving and about to die of hunger, and I'm going to eat everything I can find in the house. Got it. Which is Got probably it. not what they draw up as like the number one best thing to do. But that was <laughs> that was very much his thing. Is like if you got him to eat something for breakfast, that was an accomplishment, which he should probably do, given that like he's literally going to be doing manual labor for the next yeah. eight hours. Maybe some food is a good idea occasionally. Unbelievable. But nothing is more unbelievable than that terrible sandwich. I won't ever have again. But <laughs> I still am clearly his descendant because mayonnaise, ketchup, fried egg, and slice of American cheese, that's my dream egg sandwich. I love any derivation. I'm always up for it. And even just that, throwing a bunch of spinach on there improves it considerably. I love well, that additional it, crunch. One, it makes it a healthy meal because there's something green on it. So that's I mean, I don't think anybody's impressed with your eggs. This isn't how that works. Okay. One thing I want, do you know, those, um, hash browns at McDonald's, like the hash brown, the, the, the large flat hash browns. from McDonald's? I am familiar with those. Yes. Does anybody put those on sandwiches? I can't think of ever running into that. That would be great though. Right. Even if you didn't go that thick, 
You know how when like when you make the proper really thin sliced hash browns and then you cook them all in the pan right next to each other and they kind of just become a sheet? Yeah. Even just throwing that on there as a layer on a sandwich. It would be great. I can't. I mean, this must be a thing, but I don't think I've ever encountered this. Well, I'm going to try it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it sounds fantastic. I'm glad that we we had this conversation about egg sandwiches. Certainly, I would think there's no set. I mean, I have no idea what second place is, but I don't think egg sandwiches get the proper regard. I would say most underrated sandwich. Agree. It's like it's a state. It, it even. Uh, before I was a vegetarian, it was a staple for me. It was a thing I was excited about when it was like, you know what? Egg sandwich. And, I, and I'm spending no money on this meal, which is often yeah. very nice. And it's, you throw some spinach on it. It's not like you're just eating some crap. Yeah, it's good. And then you, you, know, you get it with a, like a black coffee. I don't usually drink my coffee black, but you feel like you, know, you got an egg sandwich. You got to have a black coffee. <laughs> you know? Hopefully it comes in like aluminum foil or something. I, I feel like there could like there would be like if the Coen brothers had a like there could be a Coen brothers movie where someone's they wanted to establish someone's character and they made it really clear that he loved egg sandwiches and black coffee. Yeah. Like, okay, I, I, I see what's <laughs> up with this guy. I'm on board with this. I like it. Um, so let's jump into our next segment and it's going to be very very simple we've kind of alluded to it already let's talk about our uh our realities in uh, april this is april 7th as we record this for future generations who are looking for artifacts from the time of the virus hello uh (laughs) i'm johnny i'm sorry that i am the single person speaking for mankind from our time, but it's okay. You're gonna get, you're gonna learn a lot about us. Tell me about what is your reality like today? It's like the day to day, how things are different. Well, I mean, there's so many ways, but one thing that is like one one thing that I've been noticing about my reality, our reality in the midst of this, is that we are usually there. Is like when you're in the middle of a disaster, everything around you feels like you're in the middle of a disaster. So if there's like three feet of snow that come overnight and the whole city is shut down, all you got to do is look out your window and you see that it's three, there's three feet of snow. You stick your head out the door, it's cold. You know, if you're like, I'm, you know, I've never lived through a hurricane, but like, you know, you, you can see it and feel it like this is so strange because it's no physical evidence of it and it's all spring so it's it's like every day is more beautiful than the next it's such a tease it's it's very weird and so like the gov you know the governor here will give a press conference and he's talking about this grave situation and he's standing in front of these trees that have just come into bloom and, you know, it, it, they're beautiful. Um, so that's unset. This, this whole thing is unsettling, but that's one thing that I find that I don't know how to, I don't really know how to process it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it does make the, the inability to do things to go out, like to go outside and, 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 you know, go to a baseball game or something all the worse, but it just is weird. Yeah, and honestly, that is one of the most striking things. It's just how continually, like, surreal certain aspects are. Right. And how unwilling my brain is to just get on board with the idea that it's like this and it will, it will continue to be like this for some time. Right. Like months and months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah if you, when you get really optimistic about stuff, you talk about doing things in July. And that's, and then, and then you right. step back and you're like, well, not really. I mean, it depends yeah. on what the stuff is. Like, like we're not we're not getting into the forecast game. We've discussed this on the podcast before. Last thing I fucking need is thirty people texting me in the WhatsApp chain about how <laughs> hilarious I, it is that I said that we get to go outside again in September. I'm no guesses. That wasn't a guess. But without you know, without like making guesses, it is how what, is it even conceivable that there'd be like a baseball game? with a crowd before there's a vaccine? It seems like the answer is no. 
It seems like we're just it never seems... going to do it again. Well, it seems like you don't have to make a prediction to say that, like, we, what we know about how it spreads is that we can't have any confidence. To you shouldn't have any confidence that it's safe to bring thirty thousand people together again mm-hmm. until until there's a vaccine that does like who knows maybe society will reopen um in six weeks or something but like you know and maybe masks are the ticket here or something but like you can't have 30,000 people all huddled together like you can't do that until there's treatment or um or or like a, a vaccine yeah, and that's that's like the only thing I am confident of, and 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 I'm not confident that we won't stupidly make the wrong decision, but right, I am very right, confident right. that there's just no way to justify anything along the lines of mass gatherings. Like, is like honestly, just turning the economy back on and letting people go to restaurants and bars will be such an incredible event. But that is just orders of magnitude different than large concerts or a sporting event or whatever it's and it's just so hard to it's it's honestly there are parts of your brain that are like well maybe we just shouldn't do that anymore maybe that was always a funny game we were playing (laughs) and maybe we should never just say you know what that with this one city block what if there was forty thousand people here gotta be terrible i I mean and part of me wonders like is this going to be like sport by sport so I mean, not not to be too stereotypical or anything, but, like, I could definitely see some, like, dumb college football game happening. The answer you know? is the NFL and college football. Is they're just going to be like, fuck it, and tell the players, if you don't do it, you're fired and somebody else is here. Right. And the players are going to say, well, God damn, you know, I was going to die of a head injury in 10 years anyway. <laughs> Might as well give yeah. it a shot. This, like, right. My, my career span is seven games, so... I'd love to get paid for those seven games. Let's fucking try it. And then, yeah, you know, who knows? But I, I but it, again, it's, it, it's such a difference though. The idea of having, like, we can have football games eventually. Just nobody needs to come and be there. Right. Everybody stay away. <clears throat> well, are they, are any of the leagues like talking about doing like games without fans? Is that a serious discussion or are people just like throwing that out there? Like, what if they did? Well, no, it's it's extremely serious. Um, when the NBA got shut down um, after Rudy Gobert's hilarious antics, Ugh, yeah, uh, they were on the verge of at least the Warriors doing like the, the Warriors had planned like the next day they were going to have a game with no fans. I think. Oh and, wow! And so like that was about to happen, and then it quickly became clear like this that's not good enough. We don't need gatherings of more than ten people yeah. starting now, especially since. One of the players has it, and he's been in contact with lots of other players and those people, and on and on. Um, so, and uh, stuff came out over the weekend involving a plan for baseball to try to get going again by the beginning of June. What involving uh, all the games would be played in the Phoenix area and at like the Diamondbacks Stadium, but then also. Stadium like spring training fields and other things around there, all with no uh, fans. Uh, that plan is obviously too aggressive, and also, do, I mean, like, even if you once you once you take the fans out, it's still like two baseball teams. That's over fifty people. Yeah, and that's just the players. Like the managers are going to be there. Like you got to like, there's not doesn't take much to be like well, we have a gathering of two hundred people. Who said we could have yeah. gatherings of two hundred people? That's not what we're allowed to do. That doesn't make any sense. And there's no way by like the middle of May or the end of May we're going to have such you know, prevalent testing that we can just say, oh, well, we'll just throw hundreds of tests at all these players and test them every three days or something. And even it if they did, they sense. shouldn't give them to, to Major League Baseball. Exactly. I mean, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Is you'd have to have so much. that You'd have to like literally we have enough tests to test everybody in the country every three days. Then right. like, once you have that, then sure, the Major League Baseball can just have the test too. But there's no extra tests. There's nothing coming for you. Yeah. We're right. not, we don't need the baseball bailout anymore than we need the cruise ship bailout or any of these other stupid things. <laughs> we don't have – we've got a lot of priorities before we get to these things. Yeah, that's right. Like let's make sure people don't all get evicted in June. Um, and then, you know, we can talk about baseball, I guess. Yeah. 
I mean, it does suck though. Like it's, you know, you're, you get, cause you're cooped up. You want, I haven't, I, if, if, if you had asked me like, okay, you're, you're, you can't do anything social for, um, you know, two months and then what, what, what will you miss the most? I would probably say like, you know, oh, I'd, you know, want to go to a concert or I don't know, but like, I, I just really want to go out to dinner. Like, I just yeah. really, really want to go out to dinner. Um, and even with my daughter and usually Margaret and I are trying to find ways to go out to dinner <laughs> without her, right. anything we can do. Um, and, but yeah, I just, and you know, but, Something, you know, my dad, who, like, his entire social life is just bars, like, in downtown Alton. Like, he is, he must be really struggling, because, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's all, that's all it is. And he's over 65, so he can't participate in any, yeah. you know, they're not, no one's going to let him participate in anything else. So, you know, I, I, I got to check on him. But, um... Yeah, I, it's it's nothing fancy. I mean, yes, I want to go to a baseball game, and yes, I want to go to a concert. And you know, I see I I'm starting to see on Instagram and Twitter people are um, people are uh, seem to be like reannouncing dates for the fall, which feels like heartbreak waiting to happen. <laughs> but um, but no, most of all, I just I just want to go out for a meal. What what is? Do you have a thing? Do you have like? something that's like really gnawing at you honest well for, first off i want to note that uh i had i had tickets to see uh, uh kesha here in town in may and i was extremely excited i bet but uh we definitely got the email a couple days ago saying uh the t- the show is it's not canceled it's postponed until uh-huh. the fall and it's like you, you guys there's just no way is there's like it's not a huge venue, but it's definitely too big. There's there's just no situation in which this show is going to happen. Right. But it's also right. like I know what I know what's up, and you guys would just rather hang on to my money for a while. Yeah. So <laughs> I guess that worked for you. Good. Yeah. You, you got me. I was an idiot and bought you know tickets to this in January when I suppose I should have <laughs> theoretically figured out that this was all going to happen. But my biggest thing is not like obviously I would have been to a Twins game. By now, mm-hmm. it's sad to think about. But even more than that, it made me very much recognize how much my schedule is normally like come home, and then like I have the NBA League Pass stuff, and I just put on a basketball game uh-huh. every night. And I still, even last night, as long as we've been doing this, last night I sat down and I was like, oh, I should check and see who's like, no, nobody's playing Johnny. But it's yeah. it's just such a thing in my head. As I go pull up the thing. See what the games are. See what you're excited about. And it's, it's I'm not broken of it yet. And by now, I already have the option of watching a, a baseball game as well. I mean, this is this is an amazing uh, amazing thing I normally have access to. Right. And it's just that all this is gone. It sucks. And like you thought, you talk about your dad and stuff, and whether it, it's it's something like sports or something like going to a bar or whatever it is, like these. These routines are broken, and especially yeah. for someone like him who necess- doesn't necessarily have other people living in his home or have other social ass- right. outlets that he's got, and probably doesn't have like a friend group that's doing a Google Hangout or Zoom yeah, meeting right. every week. That probably right. doesn't exist. I mean, I, I, you should definitely you should video chat him if that's possible, or otherwise call him. I hope you are. I hope everybody is yeah. meeting of those people because like we have it better than many, especially those of us who you know have family or other loved ones living in your house with you. Yeah. I can't imagine what this is like for people who just instantly shut off and instantly all these connections and all these networks just figure out if you can text them maybe. Who knows? Right. <clears throat> um, how long... So what is... How long have you been on your current, like, sort of going into work, sort of working from home thing? This is either the third or fourth week. So we went a little longer than some other people. Um, and it, it got, no, this is probably, this is the fourth week, I think. Um, but we, um, we did go a little longer than, like, definitely a lot of people were already working from home and we were just coming in. People didn't, we don't, like, I don't know what I don't know whether it's city government or whether it's something else, but there just 
it's not there's no culture of like teleworking working from home i mean our city did like this the we didn't even have a policy that was a workable policy like it, i think i mentioned like it required um you to have a separate workspace which you had to take a photograph of oh, come and on. submit along with uh with a telework agreement um a bunch of stuff you know that just wasn't realistic um so they had they scrambled and rewrote that that policy um and then once that was done and those things were in place then you know a couple of days later then we gave everyone the option and then we made, and then we told people they no longer really had the option um so you know and so i i go in most days i i'll be doing it less and less it just it was just a weird adjustment and and keeping track of like an elected official when you or somebody is not like physically with him is difficult. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, making them, make, you know, just make phone call after phone call after phone call. Like you, you gotta, you gotta actually do it. Um, and you know, if, if I can call and check in frequently, but it's just not, it's not the same. It's almost like you just need like a standing order. It's like, could you just text me every 90 seconds and tell you, tell That's me right. what you're doing? Well, and it's then like, if I don't like it, I'll tell you to do something else. Or, you know, or you need to be updating the Google Sheet. Why aren't you updating it? What are you doing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so there's just been a, and in some ways, like we're getting more productive just because we have to. Um, in other ways, not. And, um, and just all of the, the other, the other side, like the, the pot, the political, the campaign is so up in the air um the for i mean compared to the other mayoral candidates uh, uh, except for the the sitting mayor like we are um in a very strict like how does this benefit us electorally like we are in a better position because as a as a actual elected official in, in the city we have a role to play right. in the response um and unlike the mayor my old boss, like my current boss is, is a really, really good communicator. So trying to take, like, I, I recognized really early, like, here's our shot. You know, one, we actually have a role to play. Two, we're the only person in this race with a role to play who can also talk about it. And so if we just get him talking all the time, have through social media, like have, have a share a bunch of stuff, you know, you know, become a resource. Um, so we're doing things like virtual press conferences. Um, he goes, he goes on Facebook and Instagram live every single day That's great. and provides updates. Um, and it's, it seems to be going well, but you can't really tell. Cause like, it's also the nature of this is such that we don't really feel comfortable having our volunteers, like calling and asking people if they support Brandon, like, right. which is normally what you'd be doing at this stage. Um, so, you know, they're, they're, they're still calling people, but, and they're voters, but they're like, you know, do you need help? How's everything going? And, um, and we're also, he's not calling and asking for money from people. So who knows if it's being well received or if we're just busy and it feels like we're breaking through. I, I don't know, but, um, it's, it, it's been very, it's just weird. Um, you know, like, uh, you can't knock on people's doors. Like what's the, what's like the one thing you think about politicians doing when they're trying to get elected? Yeah, like going and not, yeah, go and say, say yeah. here's, here's me, you know me, you can right. like me and it's impossible. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. We had uh, last night we had a, a entirely virtual council meeting. So all 15 members were in separate places on WebEx and, um, but, you know, we passed bills and introduced legislation and did the whole thing. It was that that was one. It went a lot better than I would have anticipated, especially given the age of some of the council members, like some of them are old. But um, it was pretty smooth um, and it was really int- I mean, it was really interesting to watch. And it felt like, OK, this is something that people will remark on, you know, like. 20 years from now, like they'll say like, well, you know, once actually the council met on WebEx, uh, cause there was that, remember that pandemic? Like, no, oh, yeah, cause it's the, 50% of the people died, so they're not talking about it anymore. <laughs> but, 
Um, you know, that, so it's just been, it's just like constantly trying to adjust to what's going on and, and in ways that like you would never, you know, you would never guess like, Oh, what did, you know, if you tried to think like, what, what do you have to do during a pandemic? Like figuring out WebEx wouldn't, or Zoom, like, I don't know that that would be the first thing that would come to mind, you know, but. I, there. There's been a lot of stuff out there about how interesting this is in that like, like people have, when you just look at like the productivity of the average employee in the economy, there's always been a, a thing that economists have pointed out that internet hasn't really fucking done much. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of been a joke and that it's much, it's much better at like leisure activities than improving work productivity because we have had this huge societal upheaval in all these ways that we claim to have had and yet productivity hasn't changed and then this is the example now we're actually right. seeing the gains because right like if we had done this 20 years ago like i assume you and i would just be unemployed You'd be like well you can't come into oh, the office absolutely. so stay at home and collect unemployment because we don't know what to do and instead yeah. it's so possible for such and even if it's not a hundred percent it's so possible to see all these changes. And now we're really testing this stuff. And now we're really saying, what can we do on WebEx? Yeah. What can we do via this? And I, I hope that this, this is like what leads to actually making changes. We come out on the other side of this much stronger because right. uh, it, it, it will be a different place. And, it, and especially like when, especially in the first couple of weeks, like there were t times and, and I don't mean this in, in, a good way necessarily, but it did. There, there were moments that were almost thrilling. Like there were times where it felt like anything is possible. Like, what's his face on the campaign was talking about universal basic income for like a year. Mm -hmm. He was kind of a joke. I mean, people like at Vox or whatever would say like, no, actually that's a good thing. But for the most part, it was like a little silly. This was like some fringe idea. No one talked about it at all, like, five years ago. And then you have Mitt Romney saying, like, hey, we should just start sending people checks, you know? Progressive activists have been, like, fighting forever, like, for, you know, criminal justice reform, bail reform, rent reform, eviction protections. And they all just happen. <laughs> like, it, you know, not in every state, but some of them on a – some of them federally um, – Unemployment insurance was just expanded beyond anyone's wildest imagination. Like, like food, food, food uh, stamps were expanded. Like, and it just happened. And this stuff's going to be hard, although not impossible, but hard to to roll back. And it just was happening. Like on a mint, it was. It felt, and I've said this, I, a broken record, but it was like societal change happening on a moment by moment basis. Like you were just feeling it and seeing it happen. It's it was weird, but kind of parts of it were kind of kind of cool. To what extent should I shit on this? All oh, oh completely. I mean, it also you. That's a great way of looking at it. Another great way of looking at it is the extent to which uh, congressional Republicans will disavow their prior beliefs to help a presidential Republican. And that the moment the president isn't a Republican who needs the economy saved because it's going to torpedo his reelection otherwise, yeah. all these ideas are gone. We're never going to talk about help. We have to just make unemployment almost as good as – almost as financially helpful as having a job mm -hmm. as soon as it's not helpful to the Republican who's going to lose by a million percent if we don't actually do stuff to give people money. And even right. then – I mean, the $1,200 is an utter joke. Uh, but no, it, it, it's 100% true that the, the, the... So I think from a congressional and an actual policymaker standpoint, I'm not excited at all. I, I just... I, the optimistic angle is, I hope we look around and see. I hope we look around and see that we need, we need these things and we can have them as soon as we choose to have them. And that when we say, well, there's no money for Medicare for all, and there's no money for real unemployment that can help you sustain until you get a new job, it's it's all right there as soon as we say we have to have it. Yeah, well, and, that's, that's true. Yeah, and, and that, it, that, that was true a year ago, and it's going to be true a year from now 
or just kidding, two years from now or five years, whenever the hell this is fucking over. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it, 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 as soon as we say we have to have it and we demand it of everyone, we'll get it. But we're not, I don't, I hope this is, these are steps getting us closer to saying we just have to have it. And it's too bad that. So let me push back right on your pushback. Yeah. So what I think you, what it sounded like you were just responding to was an argument that we're seeing progress, societal progress on a moment by moment basis. But I'm saying change. Like we're seeing history happen regard like irrespective of like whether it's going in 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 a direction that like i support or um or uh or is sustainable like history is always like contingent on like a you know a million little weird things and right now we happen to have the right set of circumstances you know a like a Republican in the White House, so the people that pretend to care about like deficits get to not care. Not they don't right now have to pretend because they're helping their guy, you know. Coupled with a real serious problem, like that you can't deny. Although some people are starting to try, um, some you know, coupled with how recently we came out of another very serious recession, so people. And institutions, like, remember how bad it is to be in one, uh, coupled with, like, just, I think the, I think the undeniability of what is going on, right? Like, I saw somebody else make this point, but it's like, in 2008, people didn't even always agree on what led to the recession. Um, and then during, and then the whole time during the recovery, there were all these stupid debates about, like what the na- like what the na- continued sluggishness was what was a result of or you know are we at full employment um you know is the are the people who aren't participating in the job market just not going to come back the you know, video games these- are too good so we have to have 8% unemployment now <laughs> exactly right so like but this is like no there's there's a there's like a virus that's attacking the whole world and people we have to shut down the economy and so people are going to be out of work and businesses are going to have to close and they're not going to be getting revenue. So we have to create a stopgap. So like, you know, I think all of those things combined, but like, is this a sign of progress? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know that. And it may not be And it, and, it, and, and because of the weird way that this is happening, it could be, it could be easier to roll back than like the new deal, which took, you know, Republicans, what 50 years or something to do no i think that makes sense and i think that it you're right in that in some ways we are fortunate to have the situation we're in where people are taking it seriously it is scary to think like honestly if hillary clinton were the president today would we have passed any stimulus bill I think the answer is probably a really no. good question. Yeah, I think they would have said no. This is good. We like that the economy is going to be utterly devastated because there's a one hundred percent chance a Republican gets elected this fall, and so they would have said the stimulus is go fuck yourself. So what? What would you, what would they say is the reason? Would it be like deficit hawks? Like we don't have the money yeah it's all you can always just say we don't have the money whenever it's spending you don't want to do and that's all this is i mean and and again this is hardly limited to uh republicans like joe biden doesn't support medicare for all today even on a temporary basis it's just we don't we can't afford it it's too bad and it's like boy it sure would be nice if we could tell people if you have to get treated for covid that you don't have to worry about like losing your house like nope if you have to lose your house, then just figure it out. Maybe there'll be some weird program on the other side. Who knows? Take your chances. See if you want to go to the doctor. Is it? Is it? Is he like? Is it some weird? You know. Well, no. Actually, the you know protections they have in Germany, while still accomplishing the same goal, like, or is it just like I'm an old, crotchety old man who doesn't want what the young people want me to want? I don't know. I, I, I think it's, I, I, I guess it's just the, the I mean, I, I don't know. I don't understand. Something it's, tells me it's not the former. It seems like an easy opportunity 
especially given that you'd think there'd be some interest in convincing Sanders voters that like, hey, I'm a cool guy to be like, well, at the very least, if there's yeah. a pandemic, we'll be like, we can sort this out. We'll yeah, get us, we'll get everybody covered. But it's like, no. What if they accidentally keep it after that? What a shame that would be. <laughs> I heard one guy in a union might have slightly less good insurance, so it's all canceled. I hope everybody dies of it. <laughs> oh, man. It is weird. I mean, I it's like you start to think about, you know, how long this goes on, what will come, you know, what we're going to return to, like – you figure your barber, like I don't know his circumstances, but the barber you were talking about earlier, uh, I think before we were recording, his his costs are probably fairly low. Let's say that there's like halfway decent, you know, small business help. Maybe he can hang on. And then once he once he opens back up, he's gonna be working twenty if he wants twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, cutting hair, you know, making up for lost mm -hmm. time, you know. But like, can a, can a, a independent can any of these independently owned restaurants hang on? Can like record stores hang on? You know, I mean, can like the theater companies like downtown, you know, in whatever city like that already are, are operating on a shoestring? Like, you got to figure they're all just dumb. Like a uh, donut shop in my restaurant has closed permanently. Wow. Um, <clears throat> Uh, and this uh, is only really just beginning. Yeah, and, and again, obviously, if this is there's there's different levels of being up against it, and if three weeks was it, then you were closer to it. But boy, how like you say, how many restaurants are really good for two months? Yeah, and lots of places are 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 doing the takeout and doing the delivery and really ramping that stuff up, and at least reporting success. But it's also you know, these people, if, if you open a restaurant, you were probably intrinsically optimistic because it's, it's, it's a right. foolish game in the best of times. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I you have to take everything you hear with a grain of salt whenever anybody says, oh, it's going pretty well. Um, all the yep. breweries who I live in a brewery heavy area and almost everybody either has takeout or delivery. Yeah. And that sort of thing. People seem positive. But then you also you go and read and they acknowledge that, like, well, Everybody who worked in the tap room got laid off and right. three quarters right. of the staff in the back room got laid off. And so now it's like me and two other guys kind of making some beer and mostly just putting stuff in cans and bottles. Right. And we'll see. And you just, and, just, and again, like it, it isn't hard yet. This is still by right. far the easy part. Not, not right. hopefully the numbers that have been coming out as far as how things are going have been very positive here in the last couple of days. But as far as the financial hit, we are not a couple of days or even a couple of weeks away from saying, Oh well, let's just you know turn the money no machine way. back on yeah. and let everybody wander in. And yeah. every passing day is harder than the one before it if you're in that line of work. One of the restaurants in my neighborhood has like started. It's basically just turned into a grocery. Like you can go online, and it's a it's a fairly limited men uh, uh, selection, but you know you can get milk and eggs, and it's higher. It's a fairly high end restaurant, and so the the um, the things you buy, you know, the milk is like four, four bucks a, a gallon or something like that. And the eggs are, you know, organic, cage-free and all, that sort of thing. But, I mean, he's uh, we bought some stuff just to support a, a neighborhood yeah, that's great. establishment. And um was talking to the guy. And he, he said, you know, it's going well. And there were some hiccups. He's like, but, like, I'm a grocer now, you know. And so, and then I'm wondering, like, well, do you does he go back like what what's he do you know when mm -hmm. when he can um and i'm sure there'll be a lot of businesses that make the decision to permanently do whatever it is they switched to doing um which will be like extremely interesting to follow um if enough of them even have that option if this doesn't go on for 18 months and there just is no you know there's no economy at all it's very similar to what we were talking about as far as like changes in, you know, business and corporate culture and letting people work from home differently and how we hadn't seen these advancements before, despite the technology existing. Yeah. The same thing applies here with, with, with the restaurants and places like that where like 
what was the incentive a year ago to just be like, well, I'll just try to also be a grocery store where you can buy stuff online. Right. I mean, it, it's such it, it's such a hard thing to do, and there's no examples of it working for anyone. Right. But now, now is when you were just like, you try something, you see what can make money come in the door. Yeah. Because what you normally do will make you zero dollars, and you'll be out of business in two weeks. And it's so much easier to you know for to for the the restaurants that are doing takeout to like you know online and on you know all these different formats to like to to do to a delivery or or carry out business and like that's probably fortunate here they're letting you ca- letting restaurants with a liquor license provide carry out booze we have had a push for that but so far has it has not been approved uh all the restaurants in town are very mad at the governor uh who has to this point said no it sounds like there's a decent chance that they will do carry out uh bottled beer and wine Mm -hmm. but like all the legit places are like no we want sealed cocktails that we make and get stuff out and and it sounds like there's like no momentum on that but see that makes no sense to me like i i I get not i get you know because there's a there's a liquor store i assume there's like a liquor store lobby in, or alcohol distributor lobby in every state. So like the like it would make sense if the governor were like um in their pocket or something. But to go cocktails like that's not cutting into anybody's margins, no. you know? Um they're doing that here. It's, it seems great. I um haven't you know, I haven't tried any yet, but there's there's a Mexican place not far from here that has great margaritas, so maybe I should. I will say the the main source of my uh, information about this is the Instagram of a Mexican restaurant about a block away <laughs> that is very angry. They're like, we have all this shit to make margaritas that, you know, is either going to go bad or it's just going to sit here for months. Yep. And we are going broke. And it sure would be nice to turn the money machine on and tell everybody, come on over, buy some of the, these margaritas that you like so much. That'd be nice, yeah. and it, so much of it, like you like you describe, is even you talk about your, your your local restaurant that is basically a grocery store now. These are not like the most efficient monetary decisions that you were making, but you are also they are though because you're recognizing the value these places bring, and yeah. you you live where you live because you want to live in a neighborhood in a community, and you don't want to just say, well, there's no restaurants here because they all went out of business because nobody gave right. them any money. All right. Right, and, and like you, Subway and, you know, Chipotle. Yeah. Which are going to be fine. Right. Not concerned about them. Like, like these these are rational choices. And yeah. it's it's different now than it will be going forward because in the future, maybe there'll be different competition and different angles. But right now, it's like we want to support these places, not even necessarily out of charity. It's still very self-interested right. to say, God damn it, I don't want the Mexican restaurant over there to go out of business because I moved here because I like having a Mexican restaurant near me. And I like having this and that. And if we don't do stuff to give them money, they're all going to go away and they're going to be replaced by uh, empty storefronts. Yeah, you're right. You've talked me into buying some stuff from the there's a there's a bookstore and record store in my neighborhood and they're right next to one another and they they're partnered to do um, deli- like delivery within the city um, and it's free within three miles and I'm well within three miles of them so I'll uh, have to get some stuff keep them keep throwing throwing their way what I can you know that said I should note that what I said is also kind of a joke. And that if we were rational at all, the government knows what everybody's payroll is. We ought to just just send everybody the money. All this stupid loan bullshit is no. Oh, I I agree. Send everybody the money, and if we don't have to worry like oh we accidentally overburdened our unemployment. No, you didn't. You just sent everybody yep. the money. The end. Yep. Uh, we're almost to the end. I want to get off the COVID thing for just a minute. Uh, can I ask you a little bit about the subway smack? Yes, you can. So this is, I feel like there's more to be, to be made of this, but I was, um, I was making a sandwich, a tomato sandwich, which talk about an underrated sandwich just by definition, because a tomato sandwich is the best thing in the world. I think we've talked about this on this podcast. Before. I believe that's correct. Yes. 
But I was making a tomato sandwich. So as you do when you make a tomato sandwich, I was, um, I got the, the mayonnaise out and our, our mayonnaise is in a jar. It's one of those like squeezed bottles, sure. you know, and there's like the little like slit in there that the, so that the, the mayo comes out like in a flat. Why do you think that is? Why do you think it's not round in, in mayo squeeze bottles? I don't know. I've noticed it before. Um, I guess it, it's more prevalent for like layers of going down. Not prevalent. It's more conducive to like layers or stripes across bread or something than a circle yeah. is. It, it doesn't. It still doesn't feel like the most efficient thing. I, I don't like the squirt bottle of mayo. I like a knife. I I usually do too, but this is what I had, and and then it was you know so I came, some came out, and then it was like it stopped coming out, and I was just like it you know it made the fart noise, and the you know the air came out. So like then when you do like when that happens, what do you do? You close it and you slam it down sure onto the counter. And it just it occurred to me that that should definitely be called the subway smack. They always do the subway smack. They're always doing it. They're always slamming it onto the counter. Like, let me get you that uh, sweet onion. And now you're ready to go. Exactly. Exactly. So I so I feel like maybe I've coined a term, and subway smack, and it's when you uh, when you smack this the the mayo or some other condiment onto the counter in order to get you know clear away the air bubble and get get more to to come out. I, I think that's very strong, and honestly. I never really thought about it, but at, at, at Subway, they are generally very proactive about that. Like very, yeah, frequently. like they're just gonna, but they're like not gonna even test before it. They, they they don't they don't go and go. Oh, <laughs> yeah. just a second. It's like no, you want sweet onion? Bang, bang yeah. on the thing. Yep, yep, like right away. But I think maybe the Subway smack should exclusively be the preemptive one. Yeah, oh, that's good. <laughs> okay, yeah, and that that makes it more specific. Give it gives it its, its own lane more. Yep, I like that. Yeah, no, I could get with that. And you can definitely, like, sometimes, like, not all the time, but you can definitely see when, like, somebody at Subway has, like, some, some, maybe they're having a bad day or they've got, like, some rage issues because they are, like, going <laughs> for it, you know, like, really banging. Like, I need it out to the tip. It's got to be all the way before I'm even going to consider squeezing yeah. this. <laughs> and, like, you feel bad for, like, having asked for mayo on your sandwich yeah. in the first place. You know, it's, it's like, like I, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'll like, do the squid onion sauce next time, which just rolls out, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. You don't really need it for some. Like, the sweet onion, it just wants to be down there. At the yeah. Moment. But the mayo is an especially good example of, like, it's more than happy to hang out at the other end of the bottle if you don't do that. That's, that's right. Subway smack. Oh, let's all talk about, let's all make it a point. The next time we make a sandwich, let's do that Subway smack. And when we do it, let's get in that WhatsApp chain and tell Mike Huber, did that subway smack worked out great? Thanks for reminding me. I think this could be. We can all. We, this is, we can improve our spirits and improve our sandwiches. Two great things. That's right. All at once. So let's all let Mike and Mike also. You let us know when you do that subway smack. Oh, I will. It won't be a great long. idea. Uh, I believe we're coming to the end of our time. Mike, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Um. Well, so I'm I'm rereading Wolf Hall. Um, which is that, I don't know if you, if you're familiar. I'm not. So it's a historical novel, um, set in like Tudor England about, and Thomas Cromwell, who was like a, an advisor to the king, uh, to King Henry VIII. Um, nothing about what I've just said would normally indicate that it was a book that I would be interested in. Um, but, it got it got very good reviews and I was it came out like a, a while ago. They, it's the first in a trilogy. The third book just came out, so I'm rereading this one. Uh, will probably then not make it any farther, but my plan is to then read the second one and and the third one. Um, but there, I mean, this book is just it's just it, it's incredible. Like it's it's the. I, I don't really know how to explain how good it is. Um, one thing that one thing that I feel reading it is this: the character, the main character, through whom all the you know the book is is through his point of view, 
It's supposed to be really, really smart. And I feel like this book does a better job of showing what it means to be a very smart person, to, like, pick up on things quicker than other people, um, to be more perceptive, like, to be more persuasive without, like, laying it on thick, you know? Like, you have other books where they'll talk about, oh, that person was very smart or, you know, um, and so you just read it and then, and then, and then I end up feeling smarter, like, while I'm reading it, you know, like, oh, yeah, like, you know, I, I, this, this Thomas Cromwell and I are, like, on the same level here, you know, I'm picking <laughs> up on this, um, and now I'm like, I've been like, and this is super, super embarrassing to admit, but now I've been like thinking like, okay, well, you know, when I'm trying to, you know, persuade this council member, like, you know, how should I, like, what, like, like what would, how, like, what would the character in that book say, you know, in this moment? And so I don't think I'm really acting on that, but it is like, it's just like in my mind all the time. I think um, being aware of that sort of stuff is probably very valuable though. And really, like, like having a process and thinking through how you want to go about that. And if this book has helped to raise your awareness of that, I could honestly see it being really helpful. Well, that's a delightfully, like, positive spin on it. So thank you. Yeah. One uh, thing, we, a, a, a reverse plug. I don't, wait, real quick. Can we get the yeah. the title and the author of that book? Again? Yeah, Wolf Hall by Hilary Mantel. Great. Sounds like a good wreck. I'm writing it down. Uh, very excited to look into this. Okay, what, what you had something yeah, else? M Margaret and, and I recently watched this Paul Rudd show on Netflix called Living With Yourself uh, that a friend recommended, and it's one of the worst shows I've ever seen. Oh, no. Yeah, I can't recommend it low, lowly enough. Or whatever, <laughs> however that would work. Um, it's about, like, Paul Rudd gets himself cloned because he's having, like, marrow Oh, marrow I heard problems. about this. It's no good, though. Horrible. That's a Horrible. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Paul Rudd probably should have had a better career. Like, he's just such a likable guy, yeah. and then he, he just fell into these Marvel movies, and the whole point is supposed to be you go and you do you do that thing, you make a bunch of money, and then you come back and do the cool... Where's the cool thing, Ben? I haven't seen the cool thing in forever. Yeah, that's Shouldn't true. there be something good coming out every now and then? Like, it's great that you're the Ant-Man or whatever, but I don't really give a shit about that. <laughs> Where's the cool thing? And yeah. Instead, it sounds like all these other projects are falling apart. Yeah. He That's a shame. he uh, he needs a Judd Apatow movie or something. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure something will come up. At the very least, the the uh, maybe maybe we're five ten years away from it. But the uh, the Paul the Paul Renaissance or whatever we end up calling it <laughs> that will be beautiful, no doubt. And he's yeah. winning his Oscar role of that. He's like he's like delightfully. He reveals he's been dyeing his hair black, and he just goes totally gray or white. Yeah, that'll be great. Honestly, I think he's probably on the right track. This is the way to do it. <laughs> um, I have one quick plug, and I'm, I'm sure this will not be news to many of you. But for, uh, for those of you who are not aware, uh, uh, not Mike Huber, but John J Huber, which is also his Instagram handle, John J huber on instagram has posted a couple of delightful videos in which he uh, plays guitar and i've had a a great time watching them i hope that there's more coming and i think that anybody out there who hasn't checked these out should check them out he's he's very good and they're very simple videos and i've gotten really into watching videos where people are playing a musical instrument especially guitar and you can see their hands really well and you can really see like because i don't know how to play guitar but you can see these people and like you can really see like how playing guitar works. Yeah. And yeah. I like that very much. I think he mentioned in one of them that these were initially like for some of his students, so it makes sense that he'd really be like yeah. showing you everything. So that if you wanted to like if you were much further along than I am in knowing how to play guitar, you could use these actually as a teaching tool. They don't actually teach me anything, but I get to watch them and I enjoy them and I've had a great time watching them. And if you haven't seen them, whether you follow him or not, you should follow him and watch them, and you'll enjoy them as well. And, you know, uh, I, well, one, I'm going to use my – I've got an inside track there, and I'm going to use it to see if I can get him to make more. Um, Great. Because I've loved, I've loved watching him too. Um, also, people should sh – uh, if I may, John, people should share – because, like, a lot of people have been doing – like, doing – going live on Facebook and, like, recording videos of themselves playing music. People should share that stuff in the chat because it's – it's cool, it, you know. It's intimate. It's 
something and certainly something to pass the time. That's a great point. I'd love to see stuff like that and uh, anything like that. If you, if, if any of you out there you, or you might see something like that, you know, sharing yeah. that is 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 a really good time, and I always enjoy it. Even if it's not necessarily somebody that I know personally, it, it's it's really cool. But it, yeah. even more so if it is somebody yeah. that you or I or any of us know. Um, I believe that's all we've got. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Mike. Thanks, John. This was great. Best wishes in the intervening day.